I'd like to buy an E for 500, please. Belize. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being in Belize. Honestly. Oh, God. Please take Probably me there. Probably not a bad place to be. Arthur found out another co-worker of mine bought a house in the, is it the Azori Islands off the coast of Portugal. Azores. Azores. Yeah. They have an E, but they don't pronounce it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> is it going to be one of those nights, gentlemen? <laughs> Someone's going to step in for crap. Is it going to be one of those nights? I don't need both of you stepping in for crap. <laughs> All right. You take crap. All right. Oh, please. <laughs> Can't we just have a good night? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody and welcome back to Bourbon Boys, the podcast where guys get together to talk about, well, bourbon, about life, lore, libation, and everything that comes with being a dad. We aren't bourbon snobs, just a group of guys who like bourbon for what it is and how it tastes. It's pretty simple. This is podcast number 60. I'm Dew, your host, and with me are three of the four Bourbon Boys. We got Altoon. Hey, hey. Kurtron. Hey there. And we're substituting for Krat tonight. Um, but tonight we are going to uh, pick up where we left off with a... Uh, Another staring down the barrel episode, and we've got three of the Defusky bourbons in front of us, uh, and we're going to hear from from Tony, the uh, the owner, founder, uh, master distiller, and uh, learn about what what goes on in um, in starting up a distillery. Um, so glad to be back with you guys, and Tony, thanks for jumping in with us. This is yeah. going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a real good time. I just got to make sure I don't mispronounce this one. It so. is Duffusky. <laughs> you got to be careful with that one. I know. That's what I'm saying, Tony. <laughs> so, Tony, can you verify the pronunciation? It's Duffusky. All right. Ooh, I get it right. I just want to make sure they're yeah. just yanking our chain. Yeah, I did. Anytime you want, you can say, what the Fusky? <laughs> that would make I a great T-shirt, that actually. <laughs> that would make a great T-shirt. Yeah. Do you have that yet? No, that T-shirt's not out. So All right. Some- do that. All right, we'll help you with that. All one. right, we get we get ten cents on the dollar for every one you sell. <laughs> They're probably gonna be a hundred dollars each. So that's all right. I'll take I'll take ten bucks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, staring down the barrels, uh, it's a it's a fun way to hear from uh, the craft distillers who are doing their thing, and everyone's got a different path, a different way of making it happen. And you know, we're just we're just delighted that uh, you're here to talk us through it and tell us what's going on. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Cool, cool. All right, Kurtron, lead off batter. You get me, uh, you get me first, Tony. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to ask you a lot of questions tonight, but um, I guess just to get us started, tell us a little bit about your background, because I understand you're a chemist. Um, chemist, right? Chemist, yes. pharmacist. Chemist, pharmacist. I'll say same thing. Probably not, but... Absolutely. Back back in the old days, that's yeah. actually what they were called was chemists. Yeah. So that's... All right. So... Tell us about your background, but more importantly, how the hell did you get into bourbon um, and the world of spirits? Okay, so I'm not going to rewind you too far, but I grew up in Kentucky, uh, in rural Kentucky, and then uh, went to the University of Kentucky uh, to attend their college of pharmacy, and and that's actually where I was first introduced to bourbon, but we'll go back to that. Okay. Uh, graduated from pharmacy school, and I've done a lot of different things. I only practiced pharmacy for about 10 years. And then I got into other types of healthcare. I got into a lot of technology. I'm probably on about my fifth iteration of uh, who I am and what I do. And I've retired from uh, most of my healthcare background. At one point in time, I had uh, the 42nd largest nursing home chain in the country. Uh, also have been involved actively in hospice programs in uh, 21 different states. And wow. so that's all dwindling down to where I'm not that actively involved in healthcare that much anymore, and we're spending most, if not all, of our time on uh, the development of the distillery. Okay, that's great. So you had referenced you had referenced kind of your first bourbon experience. Tell us a little bit about that, where it was, and what you had. So it almost always uh, in college revolves around a fraternity house. <laughs> what? So, wait, a, wait a second. Had I known my, that? Had I known my, that? My first experience with bourbon was uh, with uh, Maker's Mark. And uh, for a, a college guy uh, not drinking the cheapest of stuff available, that was uh, quite a good experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. We, we've got some fun stories that uh, about Maker's Mark that I'll probably have to reserve to offline. Unless it's, 
unless this show has a little bit of color to it. It does. <laughs> we can we can so, beep we can beep things out. <laughs> yeah, we. I, so I'm, I'm going to tell you a real quick story. So uh, in, in my fraternity house, uh, my, one of my fraternity brothers and I saved up some money. We bought a bottle of Baker's Mark. We went off to a UK football game, and when we came back to get the bottle out of our room, the door was locked. And so we're like, there's something's not right. So we went and got a ladder. It's the third floor. So we got this long as <laughs> climbed up. We were going to try to climb in the window to get it. And it turns out that my roommate was in bed with his girlfriend. <laughs> so he wasn't responding to me knocking on the window. He wasn't responding to me knocking on the door. He clearly had other things uh, on his mind. Uh, uh, clearly. And so what we did, since we couldn't get to our bourbon, is we charged uh, 50 cents a person to climb up the ladder. Oh my god! Okay, what what was the what was the cost of a bottle of, of Maker's Mark then? Oh, back then, oh gosh, this is nineteen seventy nine. Hmm. Twenty five so guys. Bottle of Maker's was like thirteen or fourteen dollars. Oh my god! Oh Twenty five heavy guys. Twenty five heavy guys. Okay. Best fifty cents so, I spent. This oh. week. The good news is, at only fifty cents a pop, he lasted long enough for us. <laughs> That was a follow-up question. Exactly. Okay. Okay. No. The the. Okay. So there's a bigger question. There's a bigger question here. Are you still friends with this guy? Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Oh my god. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Talk about your cord being tangled. Oh my god. Yeah. He had the greatest first name for that situation. His first name was Max. Oh, right. <laughs> maximum effort. Yeah, maximum we'll profit. We're not going to last names. Right? No, let's oh, not yeah. do no, that. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Let's, that's, There's let's, a really let's... good chance neither Max nor Maker's Mark are listening. That's no. right. Exactly. <laughs> Still safe. But let's right. Not, let's not. Uh, yeah. It's not out of. So okay. So you had your first experience with Maker's Mark. That's one that will stick with me for a while. Um, so how did you decide then to start the Fusky? By the way, great name. So, so a little bit of background. We were sitting on the couch at our, we had a horse farm outside of Georgetown, Kentucky. And I looked at my wife and said, what does retirement look like to you? And she said, a beach. So we started looking for a beach house and I uh, used Zillow. And I actually found the house that we're, I'm sitting in right now on Zillow. And we actually, uh, believe it or not, bought this house right on the beach, two doors down from John Mellencamp, by the way, uh, sight unseen. Wow. And We'd never been to the Fusky. We'd never seen the house. We bought it, and then we came here. And so I was in a meeting with a, a medical director at one of my companies, and he said, you know, you live on this remote island that you can only get to by a boat. Uh, you're, you're a chemist by background. He said, you should be making rum. And so we actually began as the Defusky Allen Rum Company. Hmm. And then we added vodka and we added bourbon. We became the Defusky Allen Distillery. And so I really started the distillery more on a dare than anything. I'd never distilled anything in my life. Hmm. Uh, and so we built the building from scratch, built it ourselves, didn't hire a contractor, um, and ordered all the equipment. And the very first batch of anything I made was right there in the building where Derek has been. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and so... I have to ask. So your wife was like beach, but not beach plus distillery. So when we think about the family and others involved in this, like what are what was she thinking when this suddenly became an idea? It's it's all a matter of timing. It's like uh, here's a diamond ring, honey, and I'm buying a new car. <laughs> so it's sort of the same thing. And so here's, here's this your wonderful beach house, honey, and we're starting a distillery. Right, right. You're gonna. Uh, so actually, the distillery came two years after we got here. Okay. And so, we were actually here a little over 10 and a half years ago, and we've opened the distillery. We've been open now for about eight and a half years. Okay. And is John Mellencamp still your neighbor? He is. So he lives two doors north of me on the beach, and uh, he's here probably, I don't know, eight to 10 weeks out of the year. He's still touring. And so yeah. uh, wow. he's got a, still has his place in Bloomington, Indiana, and then he still has a place in Soho in New York. And so we just don't see him that much. Do you, he's private. He sticks to himself. So you don't drink yeah. bourbon with him on the beach? He doesn't drink at all, oh. and so he's worthless to me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't put that on the recording. <laughs> all right. That is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a similar story, right, in that people don't really go intended to do something, and suddenly it becomes a thing. So Right. right. Yeah, and it, it's become a bigger thing than we expected. I, you know, obviously, uh, we've expanded our product line. We added on a deck uh, this year. We 
built a brand new deck. We built a sound stage. We brought in a food trailer. Uh, we're getting ready to double the size of the building. Uh, that construction should start within the next week or so. Wow. And uh, it's just been a blast. We're coming out with a brand new, unrelated to bourbon, so I'm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole for very long, but uh, coming out with a new seltzer uh, wow. that made with our most popular product, which is our blueberry lavender vodka. So and, Wow. Uh, that that product will be coming out next week, but um, you know my, my main focus, and as as Derek will tell you, the bourbon is on the top shelf yep. uh, of our bottles, and that's where it belongs. It's king, and um, and so that's my main baby. It's that's, really that's it's great. really good. Tell yeah. tell us about so we we've all poured the uh, the the breakfast bourbon. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the like you said, it's a little foggy, a little hazy because of yep. it's proof right. level, right? That's right. That's the fatty acids that come out of the barrel. And uh, it's a very natural uh, phenomenon. It's not something that's uh, different to the bourbon industry. There's two ways really to kind of deal with that. One is the worst case scenario, and that's uh, chill filtering. Um, And then the other is higher proof. And the higher proof is uh, obviously uh, the route that we chose to go. Um, and, And the way you can tell if your bourbon's been uh, chill filtered is just put it in the freezer for a little while and if nothing precipitates out uh it's been chill filtered and so that's just sort of a little trick of the trade but uh, i don't really have a problem with chill filtering my theory is this if you like it drink it if you don't don't and yeah. it's pretty simple yeah yeah what's the what's I, was, I was just gonna say there's been very few bourbons that i've met that i haven't liked well i was <laughs> i was just gonna say the same thing there's very few bottles that we've thrown away yeah What's the uh, what's yeah. the threshold on the proof, Tony? Uh, to get this was eighty. Uh, is it 80, 84, 86? Is that why a lot of bourbons are eighty six? So, the, the threshold to make sure that the fatty acids don't fall out is ninety two. Ninety two. Okay. So it's have to be forty six percent alcohol or higher. There's some distillers that'll tell you just count on a hundred proof, but uh, the real uh, chemistry behind it is at the forty six percent alcohol range. Okay. Yeah. So. Back to your logic, if if we found something that is below forty six, and it, it's clear, then it's been chill filtered, most likely. Not necessarily. It depends oh, okay. on the temperature it's been stored. And so, what I would say is, if you've got a clear bottle that's under forty six percent, put it in the freezer. And if anything precipitates out, then it has not been chill filtered. If nothing precipitates out, it's been chill filtered. Mm-hmm. You don't always get to see just by looking at the bottle. Mm. Uh, if you take a uh, a bottle uh, that is less than 46% alcohol and put it in a cool area, it doesn't even have to be a freezer. Just put it in a cool room. It's like 45, 50 degrees, you know, uh, outside of the winter months. You're going to start seeing some precipitate if it has not been chill filtered. Okay. And that's on the on the neck of the bottle. You'll start to see it. No, it'll be right in right in the heart of it, right throughout the oh. the whole body. You'll see uh, floaters all throughout it. Huh? Oh, that's okay. wild. Interesting. I have floaters in my eyes. I've never <laughs> yeah. heard of floaters. <laughs> yeah. so we're going to stick in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I if, didn't know where you were I, going. With floaters. See if, <laughs> if I, I precipitate. Somewhere else. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Not yet. Floaters. Not yet. Not yet. That's that's. That's like this is what I love, right? We learn something every time we yeah. talk to somebody because exactly. we've been doing I, this I do for like some the time. Description of uh, breakfast bourbon, though, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I mean, because I, I think we all realize you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So <laughs> this is true. This is what They just need to make a cereal now that goes with the breakfast bourbon. Oh. You're close to it. Uh, they they uh, do. Uh, right, which one doesn't no. go with it? Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I can see his mind running now. He's got another idea. Yeah, cinnamon toast crunch burger. There, there you, you go. go bro. <laughs> there you go. So, Ten great. cents on the dollar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit as we start to taste here, uh, Tony. Tell us a little bit about the uh, taste profile you were targeting with. With this. so the, what we what I tried to do with it is uh, mimic as closely as I could without completely matching the mash bill of Angel's Envy. And uh, Lincoln Henderson was a hero. Uh, you know, he obviously started Woodford Reserve years ago, retired, came back out, uh, came out with a phenomenal product. Uh, we are a little bit uh, higher in rye and lower in barley than they are. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did that intentionally because I wanted a, a sweeter, smoother, less harsh bourbon. And, and I've had several that are really high in, in the malted barley. And it's just a little bit hard on my palate. Mm-hmm. And so mm. I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of a 
uh, Nancy when it comes to wanting a softer, smoother bourbon because I drink it every day. And, and so I just want something that's a little less uh, fist in the face kind of thing. Yeah. I'll be part of your Nancy club. I'm in the same. <laughs> there is nothing, same there is nothing yeah. wrong with being yeah. a Nancy when it comes to being <laughs> softer and smoother. I always thought. Um, I always thought Rye gave you that punch in the face. Well, that's what I thought barley, too, because but. I was going to say like there's there is a little bit of uh, there is a little bit of hit on this one, which I actually really enjoy. Hmm. Um, but, and it does look to an extent. Um, not quite as much as the barley does. The corn is obviously going to be the smoothest. The sweetest, sweetest. yeah. So no matter what you do, but so we're at twenty one percent rye. Where like Angel's Envy, for example, I think it's like eighteen. Okay. And and so I think they're eighteen percent rye and ten percent barley. And so we're twenty one and four, and our corn is a little higher than theirs. They were seventy two. We're at seventy five. Well, and and so, maybe that's those two are okay. working together. Then maybe that yeah, higher maybe. corn is kind of offsetting a little bit of that rye too. Yeah, so. It may well be because yeah. I mean this, this is something that you know typically bourbons. I'll throw at least a cube of ice in there or something like that. I can drink my three year by itself. Thank you. Can you say that again? Can you <laughs> please say that again? These guys give me shit for putting ice in my bourbon. So thank you. Okay. Thank you, Tony. So, so I, here's the idea behind that and. Uh, and this applies to bourbon, scotch, Canadian whiskey, which I hate, by the way, but I'll bring it up anyway. Um, at least a drop of water, but at least maybe a small ice cube. It's going to bring that flavor profile right. right out of that glass. And you know, and, you know who else drank bourbon with ice in it? Who's that? Pappy. Oh, really? Yes, he did. Wow. I know. See? And they give me shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I also have a Pappy Van Winkle story. So I'm sitting in a bar in Georgetown, Kentucky. I've got eight buddies with me. And I said, what's in that velvet bag on the top shelf there? And they said, what's Pappy Van Winkle, 23-year-old? And I said, bring that down here. I want to see that. And I said, you know what? Pour up a shot for all nine of us. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> still, still paying for that one. Yeah. Max, so, uh, Max, get your girlfriend. And I'm like, we have $43 of food. And four hundred and eighty dollars uh, having that winkle, and so the the bartender, you know, I, I signed it off, and I'm I'm like kind of trying to hide the check. Well, the next morning, uh, my wife is walking through town, and one of the guys was sitting there. Uh, she said, "How was last night?" He goes, "Oh man, that twenty three year old kicked my ass." Oh She's no! Like, excuse me? And so she, she was like, "Excuse me," and he said, "No, no, 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 the twenty three year old bourbon that your husband bought." <laughs> I wasn't in a bar fight, and I didn't hook up with a 23-year-old. Max, so she, Max did. Well, actually, she took it a different way. Rather than a bar fight with a 23-year-old, a 23-year-old girl. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. There you and go. so, which is how my wife's mind works, and that's which is wonderful. She's got, she's got a great male sense of humor. But uh, so she marched right up to the bar and let the bartender have it and let her know, you knew better, you knew he'd been drinking, you shouldn't have done that. He's but, like, so it that, was in a velvet bag up on the shelf. <laughs> Right. He knew. He knew. He damn knew. well, he's coming to. velvet bags. I would. I would have said, "Damn, he died at a young age." <laughs> anyway, oh, that's a great story. That's like that's my one and only uh, Pappy Van Winkle story. Well, it's yeah. it's a good one. That's so. like eight hundred and twenty guys on a ladder. Worth <laughs> yeah, Pappy. Well, inflation. Inflation. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I think the math on that was actually twenty eight, which is still impressive because <laughs> it was like a twenty four foot ladder, and so it's true, that's, that's true. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing considering most of them were probably drinking so yeah oh, yeah shoot. exactly so that's great let's pour the uh the three-year next so, yeah let's, so it's, Tony's, uh, I, 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 baby, that's what i'm sipping right now okay are we going to the three-year let's go to the three-year no we're jumping well I'll should jump. we wait what order should we go in <laughs> what order should we go in tony well, we do the hot stuff last oh is the three-year so hotter one oh let's go we'll yeah. go straight did you get the single barrel cast strength there? yeah yeah we'll go yeah. straight yeah, that, needs, that needs to be last Okay. Okay. Right, so we got there the, we go. This is the ninety-two I'll, proof. Thanks for thanks for keeping us in line, Tony. Yeah, I was yeah, say, yeah. we've uh, misstepped. So, Tony, one thing, um, and I know I'm sure you've listened to the full entourage of uh, Bourbon Boy podcast. But one of the things we talk about, uh, you know, this is about you know four dads. We all got college age kids. Some of them are, are growing out of that now. But you know, we mix in a little bit of. We call it sage wisdom. I don't know if it's worth a damn or not. But uh, you said you've reinvented yourself multiple times throughout your career, in- intentionally or unintentionally. So, you know, talk a little bit about that and your mentality of, hey, it's a dare, it's a challenge, or just something that piques my interest. 
I, I think it's literally all the above. Uh, my whole career has been primarily fixing broken companies, and okay. I'll step in and, and uh, turn companies around that were struggling. A technology company in Louisville, Kentucky, that was literally ready to close its doors yeah. and uh, fold up shop for good, and, and 42 people were about to be unemployed, 135 investors were about to lose all their money. And I negotiated my way into taking over the company uh, with options to have a significant amount of ownership and turned it around in about six months and then turned it over to a new CEO. And then three CEOs later, they sold it for $750 million. Wow. And so, you know, what I like to do is take uh, challenges, uh, either broken things or new ideas and, and run with them and do something fun. And that's kind of what we've done with the distillery. We've got, uh, you know, we started from scratch, not knowing anything, uh, brought in a few friends and family to invest with us. We bought out several of them along the way. Yeah. And, um, and, and we're growing like crazy. I mean, every single year on year, we're seeing 20 to 35% growth. Wow. And, uh, and it's continuing. We, we don't see anything getting in the way of that. And it's just really been impressive. That's awesome. Well, kudos to you for the courage. Any, uh, drop, a, drop a little wisdom on our, our listeners. Anything you'd say to them as they approach their careers or lives or advice for others of like, you know, how to, how to think about things. Kurt's looking for some advice as a matter of fact over there. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, there's, there's several little adages out there. I mean, the first is you, you can't steal second if you're going to keep your foot on first. And so sometimes you just have to get out of your safety zone yep. and, and try something new and just go for it. Um, you know, f- failure is not that it's not failure. It's, it's an opportunity to learn on how to do things better next time. And I've, I've had my share of, of business failures. I've owned uh, 57 different companies in my career. Wow. And, uh, and I've had uh, two or three of them that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> and, uh, but for the most part, I've been really you know, blessed with good fortune and, and hard work. Yeah. And that's what all people is, you know, don't think getting into this. But I had some friends that wanted to start a, um, a brewery recently. And I think what they wanted to do is really invest in a brewery. Okay. And there's a big difference between owning a brewery yeah. and investing in a brewery. Same thing with the distillery. And so, you know, if there's anybody out there that's considering doing their own thing with a craft distillery, I say go for it, but be prepared to work long hours, be prepared to be uh, the main person and, and just work hard. I'm 63 years old and I'm still lifting 50 pounds bags of sugar and yeah. 40 pound cases of product all over the place. And um, it's just the reality of, of what we do. Uh, the other thing is, it's not all glory. Eighty-five uh, percent of what we do is cleaning and sanitizing. Yeah, it, yeah. not making product. Yeah, yeah. That. So, yeah. You know, if you go into it with the glory picture, you're going to be discouraged and you're, you're going to be uh, disenchanted. If you go into it with the reality of eighty-five percent of what you do is going to be hard work, but the fifteen percent, when you see people smiling and you see guys saying, "Hey, we want you on our podcast," yeah. that's, that's where reward comes in, and you feel really good about what you've done. That's awesome. All right. Well, if you end up on Rolling Stone magazine, just make sure you call us out. Ten percent, right? Ten <laughs> yes, percent. I'm, exactly. I'm getting the recurring theme here. Ten percent. Just messing with That's you. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Like I said, not to, it wasn't part of the script, but it wouldn't take advantage, yeah. dude. And I think you know to build on that. Obviously, you you mentioned the hard work, and you're not afraid of that or taking a chance. But I think you know just in our short time together. I mean, I think attitude really equals altitude and just you know you come at it you got a good spirit about you you're fun and and, and you know the hard work's there but like i said you, you recognize the value of that 15 percent. i'm i'm assuming that's not a new approach for you no not at all it's been uh, pretty much my entire career i grew up an army brat uh, and so both my mother and my father were in the army and uh born in japan lived on army bases all the way up till about the sixth grade uh dad was in toward the end of his career was in data processing which you know not many people were in computers back oh, wow. in the yep. and so they moved us about every three months and wow. uh, so you know by the time i was in the sixth grade i'd been in 11 different schools so you learn to adapt and you learn yes. to uh, deal with change and uh to me change is always exciting yeah that, that's that's crazy that's awesome yeah that's <laughs> it really is um Oh, go ahead. Were you going to no, ask no. something? No, I was going to so, ask, uh, while, while we're doing this, tell us about the the straight bourbon that we're drinking right now. Well, okay, so this one is actually uh, my personal favorite. Um, the thing about aging bourbon in South Carolina is it ages here 
very differently than it ages in Kentucky. And the process is the same. You fill a barrel with distillate, you let it age for a period of time, you have your medium char, whatever barrel you want to use. Our barrels, by the way, come out of Louisville, Kentucky. It's a, a nice little cooperage there called Zach Cooperage. They're just great people, good family. They've been in the business for a long time. And uh, the thing about aging in South Carolina, though, is we don't have those cold, brutally harsh uh, winter months like they do in Central Kentucky. And couldn't think of it that way, but I mean, I can tell you, I, when I lived there, I lived through many, many ice storms, uh, many sub-zero months, and and those barrels kind of locked down during that time. And in the South, we don't have that. And so this barrel is actively uh, breathing in the bourbon, breathing out the bourbon as it gets cooler at night. So that contraction and swelling and contraction, that action is constantly pulling that bourbon into the staves and back out. And, and it's really uh, aging the bourbon. This three-year bourbon probably feels more like a six- or seven-year bourbon yeah, as a result. And, uh, and what, crazy. Yeah, and the flavor profile is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this is one I don't like to mix with anything. I might put a little club soda in there just a little bit, but I'm not going to you know, add uh, any ingredients to this like an old-fashioned Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, or a good old Kentucky mint julep, which, by the way, at the Derby, the mint juleps are horrible. Uh, you don't <laughs> ever want to go there. They're absolutely terrible. But that's, that's uh, So you buy a lot of them, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right, because you got to drown out the last exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, so, so I've got a couple of fun things you can kind of see that where I'm sitting is uh, right next to my home bar. Uh, and... I actually have a bottle there because my, my next love after Makers became Woodford Reserve. Mm. And, uh, and, of course, you know, Lincoln was there, and then he left, and then Chris Morris took over. And now, I, I guess, last month, he retired. Uh, but in 1998, they actually uh, started personalizing bottles. And the very first personalized bottle was Chris Morris's bottle himself, and it's sitting on the shelf right behind us. Uh, and so wow. I actually have his personalized bottle on my shelf. I think he's looking for that. Does he know that? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, might he, he doesn't know where the fuck the Allen is. <laughs> You're <laughs> safe. <laughs> I've had it for 25 years. He's not getting Let's just say Allen? that you're you're fusked <laughs> if he does find out where you are on Defusky Island. So he better be a good swimmer because I'm not letting him get on the boat. <laughs> Do you control the ferry? Well, I don't control it, but I know the people that do. <laughs> even better, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I can blacklist it. Uh, yeah, that's even easier. You know, we're not responsible yeah. for it. So yeah. can we talk about the flavor yeah. profile on this one a yeah. little bit? So back to that comment, though, for just a second. You know, the old adage is you don't need to own a boat. You just need a friend with a boat. Yeah. So you don't need to own the ferry. You just need to have a friend with a ferry. Yeah. That's yeah. actually true. I'm going to sell my boat because Derek has a I boat. I say, these two sitting across from me have boats. I have no boat. I'm buying that 100%. Who's the wiser? And, and guess yeah, what you right. get to do a lot? You get to ride on a boat a lot, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what? You know what they say, Tony. What the best day of your life is when you buy your boat. The second best day is when, when you, you sell your boat. So and I would probably reverse those. <laughs> That's a happy day when you finally get rid of it. <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry. What was the question? No, no, no. Tell us about the flavor. What are we? What are we tasting here? And so I think um, you're going to pick up a lot of vanilla. Um, that sweetness is pulling a lot of that vanilla out of the, uh, the yep. barrel itself. Uh, we did a combination medium char and. Uh, medium toast on the barrel okay. uh, so you're going to pick up some really cool flavors out of that for me uh, I, i'm not one of those guys that sits around drinking wine or bourbon and saying all right now you're tasting almond or you're tasting peanuts or that kind of thing what i look for is a bourbon that has a smooth finish uh but then lingers mm, and yep. a one finger in my and uh some of them that are so hot um, it's almost kind of burned my uh, sense of smell and taste, and and as a result, it's just not as uh, something that I like. I mean, for example, uh, great product. I used to drink it all the time. I just can't drink it anymore. Knob Creek is just so harsh. Mm. So for me, it's just not uh, a product that I'll drink every day. I'll drink it from time to time. Yeah. Uh, I, I want it in everyday bourbon because I don't want to sell one bottle to you a year i want to sell one bottle to you a week and so i want it to be an everyday sipping bourbon uh that people can truly enjoy on an ongoing basis not just for a special occasion 
Yeah. So I hear a subscription program I can sign up for. I like it. <laughs> 10%, right? <laughs> it's fine. 10% fine. The, the, 10% fine. This is adding them all up. I mean, we're doing really pretty good. good. I do I do like this flavor profile a lot. Like you said, it's kind of a sweet forward, but it has a nice finish. I don't I don't like it when they don't have any kind of finish to them. I like the fact this kind of lingers mm-hmm. the upper back of your throat a little bit. Um, not to not a burn, but just you you know, yeah. you just had a kind of a, yeah. a soothing drink. Very Definitive. We call that a Kentucky hug. Oh, I like that. This is a low country hug. A low country hug. I I like like a Defusky hug. I'd rather go there. So, yeah, it's it's got a really smooth finish. It really does. Like, there's a little bit of a kick in the front, and then the finish is just super, super warm, and it lingers, like you said, Tony. I I got a little bit of a... Listen, we're not aficionados here, so bear with me. But, like, a really... Almost like a little bit of a sweet candy-like flavor... And that's right. It's really, so, it's really appealing. Think to the the lower proofed makers marks, and and so they're hiring corn, and they have a real sweetness to them uh, that was really appealing as a young bourbon drinker because uh, I didn't know what I didn't know, and uh, it was a, a makers mark ambassador for the longest time, and got to know Rob Samuels a little bit, and um, it, it's a great, great, great product. Uh, I do have a funny story about that. So I don't know if you recall, probably about six or seven years ago, maybe longer, uh, Makers Mark talked about uh, lowering their proof uh, from 45% or 90 proof down to 42 and a half. And then yeah. they're going to go to 85. And I believe that will go through the numbers. And the, the, the theory behind it was that they were uh, facing a potential shortage. So they were trying to produce more by lowering the proof a little bit. And, and I walked into a liquor store in Lexington, Kentucky called uh, Liquor Barn. And, and they had a display of Maker's Mark bigger than my entire bar here. My bar is <laughs> 14 by 16. And uh, that was the entire day. So I took a picture of it and sent it to Ron. And I just, my, my caption was shortage, question mark. <laughs> so uh, fortunately, they scrapped that idea and, and didn't really – uh, go down the corporate path because I think um, Mr. Samuel Sr. would never have gone down that path. Yeah. And I, the corporate pressure behind them was pushing that, and I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah, I agree. Because it God. is a good product. I agree. Yeah. Thank God the accountants didn't win. Well, and why would, yeah, you, exactly. why would you ever go down? Because so, the accountants wanted you well, to. I yeah, know, exactly. but therein lies the problem, right? <laughs> you know, now you said this has to do with, um, you know, just life in general, but, you know, you asked a very weird question just then. Why would you ever go down? Mm. <laughs> we'll come back to that. So yeah, exactly. That. We're yeah. talking bourbon, Tony. Yeah, we're bourbon. talking bourbon. Uh, so you mentioned uh, we were talking a little bit before we uh, you know, started the podcast. Uh, it sounds like this you, you will be your kind of flagship uh, bottle in the future, the 92 proof? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, we've got a, a couple of barrels that – uh, are uh, north of four years, and we actually had a four-year out for a little while. Yeah, and decided to, to to not release any more of those barrels. We want to get those to six, maybe even seven years. Uh, just see uh, what the difference is. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, they're going to be a little better, but not significantly enough better for us to go down that long aging path. The, the other thing to keep in mind is I, I'm the oldest living male in the history of my family. And, and I don't care how many generations back, 63 is the oldest guy that's ever lived in my family. Wow. And I don't have the patience to wait, let something wait another three, four, five, six years. Yeah. I want to drink it. And so <laughs> uh, I think our, our three years going to be sort of our gold standard. Uh, what we will continue to do is on our single barrel cast strength, um, that came out at four years, and I think we would be digressing to pull backwards on that. So we'll continue to age barrels for four years to do this barrel cap. That's been a great seller for us. Uh, our current batch, I don't know which one you've got, but I, I think our current one is 117.8 proof. Yeah, that's the one we're about to bust into. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Got yeah, that's it. Yep. So, and so, so we've got different color labels, obviously the blue label with the crab on it. Uh, and that our, our art design was done by a low country uh, Gullah artist uh, who's on faculty at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Oh, that's and great. He, he did this really cool crab for us. So the blue is the one year. Uh, the red is reddish, kind of almost Texas orange, uh, is a three year. And then the purple, 
which uh, historically and sort of biblically has been that uh, color of royalty. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Or for that. Yep. That's a Dutch color, too. You know that? I didn't know that. Yep. It is the sign of royalty in the Netherlands. Purple. Oh. Well, there you go. That's free. There you go. So, so while Elton's serving us up here, the next one, I, I have a question for you about just bourbon in general. And that is, okay. <clears throat> so what does bourbon mean to you when, when you think about bourbon and when, like, what is, what resonate, like, what, what does it just make you think or feel? Well, for me, uh, bourbon is the ultimate spirit. Um, you know, vodka, by definition, is supposed to be flavorless and odorless. Uh, gin made me so sick one time, I don't ever want to smell juniper again. <laughs> about gin. That's um, you know, rum is a phenomenal product, but it's really sort of the spirit of, it's a terrible way to put it, but it's originally the spirit of, you know, the pirates and, and the, you know, the British Royal Navy, that kind of thing. And, and it never really took off until they started aging in barrels on its way to Europe. And it actually became a brown spirit versus your basic white spirit. Mm. Uh, and so there's some good uh, aged rums out there, really good ones. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, I think bourbon is, is sort of king. If, if every spirit in the world had to go away and I can only choose one, it would be bourbon. There you go. Uh, yeah. And it's simply because I think it's one of those things that uh, occasionally you're in the mood to drink tequila. Occasionally you're in the mood to drink gin occasionally in the mood to drink scotch i'm in the mood to drink bourbon every day <laughs> i think I, I have the same thing I I, think we my wife says that. it's a problem it sounds like it's just normal thank god it's not a drinking problem don't ever let her call you an alcoholic because alcoholics go to meetings <laughs> we're not that organized we're not there yet <laughs> so that's great yeah i mean i think listen it it for us, and you, unfortunately you didn't meet crap, but the four of us share a number of things in common, but I think it's the bourbon is something that actually really drew us together. Mm-hmm. And, um, it you know, it has created a bond and a friendship that we all share um, because of it. And it part of it had to do with shit we were going through at the time when we all started connecting and drinking bourbon and had this crazy idea over time yeah. to start a it's podcast. It's kind of like a meeting. It's kind of like a meeting. That's right. We're, maybe it's our cover for a meeting. Yeah, well, but we serve drinks. We serve drinks. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Wrong I was exactly. say, I'm kind of concerned about which one of you is the counselor. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. a, a counselor? <laughs> I am. They just don't know it. That's why they give me shit all the time, it's Tony. True. So. It's true. All right. I, I'm going to ask some questions about the island. Okay. So okay. this is the first island-based bourbon and i know that there are some logistics that come with being on an island and you guys have overcome that clearly to produce a great bourbon i know you're on the island and it's a heck of a commute to get off to make bourbon every day and you've you've cracked the code of being able to to do it but you do it in in a way that's similar to others we've talked about but different what is what's the what's the magic i think the real magic is really the the aging in the south to be honest with you but uh, the, the process of getting to and from the island logistically uh, scares people a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it takes a special person to, to be willing to let this be your lifestyle. Uh, and so, but what we've done is we've tried to make certain that everything we do is very precise, uh, very well regulated. Um, and, and so as a result, I think what we've come up with is a, a product that when you taste our three-year bourbon today and taste our three-year bourbon three years from now, they're going to be very, very similar mm. and very much a stickler to make sure that we follow the detail of everything that we want to do. And that has to do with our rums, our vodkas. It doesn't matter. Our products are consistent. We've been doing it for eight years. We've got some people that love our spiced rum, and it's a very complicated nine-spike formula uh, that uh, has been identical for eight years in a row. With the bourbons, it has to do with the fact that uh, both myself and my associate distiller, that's our first passion is bourbon. Um, you know, the vodkas are great sellers for us, no sure. question. Um, the rums do pretty well, particularly our newest dark rum. Uh, but the bourbon is really, for us, uh, the baby. And so in the expansion we're getting ready to do in the building, almost 80% of that new footprint is going to be just for aging bourbon. Mm-hmm. And we're nice. Trying- 
you know, 56 barrels aging at any given time to about 156 barrels. And for a micro distillery, that, that's a, a fairly significant amount of bourbon, particularly when you're not trying to keep it for eight to 10 years, Sure. Uh, which we don't feel like we need to do. I think our three-year bourbon speaks for itself. Uh, we're, we're pretty confident that we can match that number of, you know, decent bourbons. I don't know if we'd go to the highest quality, but we're, we're certainly in an enjoyable range, I think. And so, um, for us, it's, uh, the logistics are worth it. Um, differences, you know, there's a lot of distilleries in the country that just don't have the foot traffic that we have. I think the day you were there, we were relatively busy. Yep. Uh, we average between 200 and 250 people walking to our front door every day. Wow. In a six yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. That's great. And, uh, and it's primarily because, you know, you go to Atlanta, you go to Charleston, you go to wherever, there's a thousand things to do. There's about five to do on Defusky. <laughs> so, uh, Wait, we're there's one four of the things? <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a bike around the island. What else is there? The island comes in our front door. <laughs> that is awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is quite a place, too. Like, it's it's got a great setup, a little pond out front, and, um, you know, very, very relaxing place to stop. We biked around the island. Yeah. And uh, I, I recommend a golf cart. No, um, no, no, no. You're well, too young for that. I know, but a lots, lots of sand. Cart. Well, it's a combination of sand roads and then bootlegging bourbon in a backpack. Because <laughs> I, I left with four bottles. I had the three three bourbons, and then we got that blueberry lavender vodka. <laughs> yeah. And to Tony's, Tony's advice, mixing it with tea, sweet tea or, or an unsweet. Nice. Yeah. It's very, Danger. very good. Very <laughs> it is dangerous. Yeah. It is very, very good. So You know, the story about that property is when, when we first decided to do this, we were just looking for an acre of land to drop a building on, have a parking lot, and, and enjoy it. And then my wife actually found this property, and when I went to look at it, it was actually a junkyard. Oh, okay. I mean, everything. Broken down cars, broken down golf carts, old trucks, trash, shotgun shells, beer cans. It was just trashed. And uh, and I just I just don't see this happening. And she said, just stand on this side of the pond and look across the pond and envision a building right there. And, and so we ended up buying it. We spent weeks cleaning up the property, and it's it's like a park now. The, it's the setting, beautiful. yeah. So instead of one acre, we've got twelve, and um, and it's a two acre pond. We always have a, a gator floating around in there. Yep. Uh, I walked out of the distillery one night right in the middle of a distillation just to go out and get some fresh air. It was, it was dusk, and there were 72 white egrets lining the perimeter of the wow. pond and a whole family of a dozen deer in the far field. And so I just looked at this, man, this is a, That's crazy. That's the nature we see all the time. Bald eagles, uh, armadillos, um, raccoons. We've got it all. Deer are everywhere. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Is the gator real? <laughs> so the he, guy he is no real he he has eaten three dogs oh. and uh and so uh you you, you don't gator. take those gators for granted they are faster than we are yeah. uh now you don't have to outrun the gator you just have to outrun Derek. yeah so, that's it. yes uh, that's, that, all that's easy when you just push them down to get over <laughs> <laughs> he's got the four bottles of bourbon in his backpack <laughs> that's right. I'll, I'll hold that I'm a little slower yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right he's waiting down he'll be like Man. Elton I'll get him you get the bourbon <laughs> I know. so so how do you get stuff on and off the island as you're running this business what's uh, we so, talked about the ferry the ferry is the so one way on for taller things they can come over on the ferry okay uh we order things from Amazon or we order smaller products or whatever for larger things like uh, empty bottles, um, mm, you know, the barrels, the, the barrels, uh, definitely when we order barrels, cause we're ordering, uh, at least 12 to 24 at a time. There's a barge that comes and goes from Savannah and oh, okay. it's a, it uh, literally takes off from Savannah. It takes three hours to get there cause it only goes at five knots. And, uh, I actually had the good fortune of driving that barge uh, from Defusky back to Savannah. And of course uh, you did. About the size of a football field. Oh, Imagine driving a football field no. down the river, and uh, I just and, but, want to drive and, a semi truck, much less now somebody drove a barge. Field. Seriously, yeah, it, was, it was incredible. Wow! Um, and 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 literally, the, 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 I told the captain, I said, "Look, I'll I'll stay behind the wheel, but you got to stay right next to me." Here. Right, right. Don't go he too said, far. He said, "I want to a cigarette real quick," and I said, "Well, just stay right outside that door because we're at the third level up on the tug." Sure. And uh, and he said, "Absolutely, no problem." Well, I look up, and, and there he is at the very front of the barge, 300 yards or 300 feet away from me, standing in the front of the barge, looking up, waving at me. 
panicked. And so um, I won't ever drive that barge again. But it was <laughs> something I can say I did. Sure, of course. You're the first one on the okay, podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, no kidding. I would imagine it takes about a half an hour to even make that thing turn a little bit. <laughs> but still. Now you mentioned you've got uh, a you know, assistant. You've got a couple. I met a couple folks when we were there. How, how big is the operation? So we have eight employees. Okay. Um, got uh, two that are part time, six that are full time, and uh, my wife is responsible for uh, all uh, marketing, all retail purchases. So any hats, t-shirts, all those kinds of things, she's responsible for all of that. Uh, she's typically uh, in the. Um, the liquor slash tasting room as well. She, while you were there, she was the redhead. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you, drive, did you drive a pink golf cart? Uh, no. So that's Barbie. She's outside okay, all right. uh, at, at the front counter. Barbie drives a pink go-kart. Uh, and, and so Barbie's been with us for about seven years. Uh, we've been there eight years. Nice. Uh, we have a, a couple of people that work part-time. We've got two new chefs. Uh, who are working the uh, the food trailer, uh, and the food trailer just came into effect. Uh, we've been open now two months, and that's because uh, South Carolina law changed and allowed us to go to full bar if we have a, a department of kitchen. Oh, and nice. So instead of just doing a tour and one cocktail and sending people on their way, they can sit there and drink all afternoon. Yep. We have we have people that do that regularly. Yep. And then I go back to rent a golf cart, not ride a bike. I was going to say, it's no, a little bit easier. It just makes it more exciting, Derek. <laughs> is there, is and, there, uh, any, is there any so, lodging on Defusky Island? <laughs> so there's no, uh, what I would classify as like hotel to motel type lodging. There's a lot of uh, Airbnb okay. uh, kind of places. Uh, there are condos, there are beachfront houses, there are properties all throughout the island that are uh, short-term rentals. And uh, there's been some discussion about reopening uh, the old Melrose Hotel that shuttered uh, about 15 years ago. Oh. And the new company that's looking at potentially financing that, ironically, uh, the, fam- the family that currently owns that property, which is the former golf course and all that, they're they're from the Netherlands. They're Dutch. Really? So yeah. it's a Dutch connection. I love that connection. Well, apparently Camp Mellencamp is open uh, 40-something weeks a year or so. Mm. So if I slept, if I out. pass that on Mellencamp's property and he's not there, is, yeah. is he pretty sensitive about that? Uh, he's really protective about his property. Damn. And, okay. <laughs> yeah, as a uh, a property manager that oversees the house for him, uh, and that's he's fair. Not, that's fair. Okay. Fine. Yeah, little scratch, pink house. Little, you know, little pink house is for you and me. <laughs> yeah. Good call, and it, good it's not a pink house, which was kind of surprising when I found that. Out. <laughs> Oh man, what's right. the what's the name of this Dutch family that owns this place? You know, I, I don't know, but I can tell you what they did. Um, they made casings for sausage. Oh, oh. They, they made billions of dollars off of just the casings that sausage was in. Interesting. Hmm. It's a van something van money bag. It's got to be van, or, van money bag. It's van something. <laughs> van, van that's not true. It could be Janssen. No, uh, the last be. name is Van Nessen. Van Nessen. Van Nessen. There you go. Yeah. I figured a van would get you somewhere. Yeah. It always does. (laughs) It always does. That's right. it breaks down. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. So So, we we now have the cast strength here. Yes. We are on the high test. This is the end of the show. The (laughs) Uh, the thing that we like about this particular one, it is very flavorful. Um, It's pretty. It is a gorgeous color. Look at that. Look Mm -hmm. at that color. We just love the the deep amber yeah. color of that. That's good. And I I think I, they I think that they sells need... the bottle almost by itself. Yeah. I'll hold that bottle up next to our three year. Yeah. And every time people go, I'll take that one. Uh, they just love the color profile of it. Mm. I'm I'm uh, thinking you need to strike a deal with uh, Sherwin Williams and have a color that ooh, is called Defusky Bourbon. Defusky. So oh, seriously, yeah. I paint I paint my bar ten percent ten percent to same ten percent. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to negotiate this deal. <laughs> well, you better start because we're already like three or four in. So, <laughs> all right. So, tell us about yeah, this. Talk one. to this us. Is, this is barrel strength, right? Cast strength. Yeah, that's bar- cast strength. So it's a single barrel. Mm. Uh, most of our batches that we do, whether it's the one year or the three year, we're going to take uh, between five and six barrels and harvest them into a big tote. Uh, so we've got a nice blended batch, so it's uniform across about 1,500 bottles. Okay. Uh, what we're doing with the single barrel cast strength is we're selecting uh, one of our four-year barrels. Uh, we'll bring it down, and all we're going to do is a uh, just a traditional 
uh, five micron filtering. So it's not a chill filter or anything like that. It literally just goes through a filter to take out, uh, you know, the char that's in the barrel, mm-hmm. uh, all pieces in the bottle. Um, we've got different levels of filtering that we do for our various products for like our vodka and our silver rum. It goes all the way down to a half micron. Oh, wow. Remove everything uh, up to almost including the coronavirus. <laughs> so <laughs> with the bourbon, uh, we only go down to five micron because we don't want to take too much out. We just want to get the large part. Sure, makes sense. And so that's all we do to it. Uh, there's no proofing involved. Uh, whatever it comes out of that barrel, uh, that's how it's going in the bottle. I'm getting a big Tennessee hug on this one. This is batch three. Oh, yeah. It's a Kentucky batch hug. Batch three. Oh, oh, what did I say? Oh, Kentucky hug. It's, it's, actually, a, it's actually a low country hug. It's a low country hug. Yeah. Right. So where sorry. are you guys? Where are you physically located? Right now we're in Cornelius, North Carolina. So we're okay. in the we're in the Huntersville, Mooresville, Cornelius area, north of gotcha. Charlotte. So I actually have a mountain house just east of Asheville, and I love that area. But so the one thing that being a University of Kentucky basketball fan, don't ever bring up Tennessee. That's terrible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I'll edit that out. <laughs> so this is one hundred and seventeen point eight. This right. is nice and. This is this is warm up. This one warm up. This is I'm, really good. This, this is where I, this is where I know we've grown because if I go back when we started all sure. this, if we had if we had tried this three years ago, we'd have been like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> Still saying that, and now we're like, "Okay, this is like, really this is good. Very, very good. <laughs> it yeah, is back, very good." Then you would, we should do a podcast on vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you sure, you want to do this? <laughs> No, it's really, it's really, really good. Time. When there's people asking me about it, I say, you know, how long have you been drinking bourbon? Uh, how much do you enjoy bourbon? I'm like, well, I don't really have said that. Stay away from the cast drink. That, that's not for you. Uh, let's start off with a 92 proof and uh, get you indoctrinated, for lack of a better way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. You, yeah. you can graduate to this later. Yeah. This is this is worth the uh, matriculation, you know, to get to graduation day. This is. Wow, that's a great word. Matriculation? Yeah, I've never heard that word uh, before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so when, when you, you, credits. you guys did a video podcast, you would have to like put the definition of that up at the top. Exactly. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll go exactly. to the Google truck. We'll go to the Google truck and look that one up. <laughs> so, I love it. This I love is, this taste. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we're, we're real pleased with how that came out. I love the stop at the empty microphone. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any is questions it, from Crot? Yeah, no? no. Okay, yeah. moving on. You're, you're better off. You're better yeah, off. Trust me, you're better off. Yeah. You're better off. So I know you've invested a lot of time. This is awesome. I got a couple of questions just kind of uh, to, to wrap up and put a, a bow on things. And I think Derek's going to close us out. But uh, question for you. Um, you talked uh, earlier about the expansion of the, uh, the distillery, the space you have. You talked about the animals and all that. You mentioned the word park. When people come to the distillery, let's talk about the folks that you get a chance to taste bourbon with. What do you want them to take away? What do you want their memory of of their experience with you you guys to be? For lack of a better way of putting it, this is not meant to be cliche, is happiness. We, we just want them to walk away going, wow, that was a great experience. And, and we have that a lot where – uh, folks that, that made their way to Defusky for whatever reason, uh, they, they basically keep coming back year after year after year, uh, and they spend hours at the distillery. These folks don't go up and walk in our front door and then turn around and walk right out. They're generally on the deck for a period of time. They're enjoying themselves having a cocktail. Our whole desire, and I kind of shared this with my team a little bit again this morning. I said, you know, our number one goal is to provide quality products and, and a quality experience. The second thing is I want them to walk away uh, realizing that the, the environment was phenomenal. It's beautiful. Uh, the distillery is clean. The operation is organized. Uh, I want them to walk away with an experience that I just witnessed something really different about the Fusky because, you know, there's a lot of folks on the Fusky that, that basically will describe their lifestyle as, well, we're on the Fusky time. So there might be a business that maybe it's open today, maybe it's not, maybe it closed early, maybe it didn't. We are very, and maybe this is the military background, but we're very precise. We're there, we're open at 11, we close at 5, we're there Tuesday through Saturday. That's every single week. Uh, you can count on it. Uh, if we say we're serving lunch from 11 to 3, we'll be serving from 11 to 3. If we say we've got XYZ product, we will have it on the shelf. You're not going to run into an experience where it's not there. We want people to come in and just feel like that this was the very best part of their vacation on Defusky. And, and we get those comments time and time and time again. So 
but it's all about making uh, our, our customer, our consumer happy. And if we accomplish that, then that's great success for me. Amen. And you know what I bet after what did you say, eight and a half years or so with the distillery in one form or another, I bet with returning families, you're, you're probably starting to see kids age into, you know, oh, yeah. they spent an afternoon with mom and dad there a few years ago, and now maybe they're having a drink with mom and dad. That's awesome. Absolutely. We've seen that more than once. And the other thing we see is really cool experiences. A young couple became engaged there. Uh, this coming September, we've got a couple that are actually getting married at the distillery. Uh, they're having their whole uh, ceremony and everything. I'm actually ordained, and so I'm going to do that ceremony <laughs> for them. Uh, and so drives a barge, uh, marries which people. Is phenomenal. I'll probably have a probably have a, a cup in my hand and uh, <laughs> uh, announce them man and wife. But um, so I mean, it, it's a great place, and, and people love to come there. Uh, we have regulars that, and I'm not talking about Islander regulars. We have those too, but I'm talking about vacation regulars that come back year after year, sometimes multiple times in the same year, and it's just really rewarding to see. Uh, the come back. Man, I've missed your product so much. I had to come back and buy a case. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, speaking of that, real quick, that was kind of feeding into the last question. As far you talked about expansion and growth, you got tremendous foot traffic. You don't need to do anything. Your wife's doing a tremendous job as marketing lead for the company. By the way, give her some kudos. Thank but, you. But what are uh, what are your plans or thoughts or challenges as far as distribution? Are you you kind of where you want to be, or what's going on with that? Well, not really. I mean, I think we're kind of close. I mean, to be honest with you, 85% of our revenue comes from foot traffic. And if you think about it, I can sell a bottle wholesale or I can sell a full retail. Yep. I'm going to full retail every time. And so, you know, we're, we're looking for ways to enhance the foot traffic. I don't know how much more we can handle. I mean, yeah. from uh, late March to early November, we're averaging two to 250 people walking through the front door every day. And, and really, nobody walks out of there with a, without a bottle. Yeah. So. Uh, our, our sales are pretty robust. Uh, we do have a great distributor in South Carolina. Uh, we are interested in adding uh, particularly uh, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And so we're working toward that end. Yep. Uh, the, the, the gentleman that's working with me on the uh, release of Delta that's coming out, uh, he actually has uh, distributor relationships in 34 different states. And so that's next. We want to get the seltzer out first, but then what's next is he's going to identify a handful of products that he's going to help us really uh, get into distribution and, and get it moving. And it's not going to be all of our products. We'll yeah. probably take three-year bourbon. Uh, we'll take probably the blueberry lavender vodka, our traditional vodka, and maybe a, a rum or two. And that's all we're going to let go through uh, distribution channels. Uh, we have such strong sales at the distillery. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for us to let too many Love. Yep. That's awesome. Well, for anybody who's not, I grew up in South Carolina, upstate South Carolina, so I know the area well. I know Duke's been down there uh, recently with you guys. For anybody who's listening who, who hasn't looked up, uh, take a look at it. It's a great destination. I mean, the South Carolina coast is, is really second to none. I took it for granted growing up here, but you know, you're down from Mass, you're from Wisconsin. You guys can probably validate that. But for anybody who's listening, take a look at it. It sounds like my next trip down, I'm going to make a Take the ferry out. The, the, I'm, I'm, I've been afraid to say the name. It's like Defuski. Defuski. I grew. I grew up. I grew up hearing it as Defuski. So now you're telling us as Defuski. Yeah. So, so I, I'm dodging the name. But uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> I will be there. But uh, you know, what I tell people is, that, you know, don't worry about how to pronounce it. Just show up. It's like. Um, <laughs> You know, you go to the airport in Louisville, Kentucky, and there's the nine different ways that pre- people pronounce Louisville. And so we, we can do a sign of the nine different ways. <laughs> that is so yeah, true. Exactly. That fun. is so true. Charles Barkley way. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Who's bringing us on? I am, I'm going to land this one. This, exactly. man, this man's probably ready for another yep. pour. <laughs> All right, Nick, guys, fill your glasses. All right. So, Tony, one of the things that we uh, end all of our shows with is a last call. And last call, this time, we give a scenario. And we get to choose of the three bourbons we, we tried today, which one would you recommend? And then we'll ask the rest of the group what they would recommend. So the scenario is, for those of you who are now Googling Defusky to see where it is, we took a probably half hour ferry. It, it's not long. It's just slow. Right. And it's like a pontoon boat, you know, um, super cool guys. Took a ferry across the, the, the channel or the bay. Uh, to Defusky, 
and made a day of it. Brought our bikes on board. They helped us on and off. Uh, pretty pretty easy. Definitely would would suggest a combination of bike golf cart so you can get around the island. It's all sand roads for the most part. A couple paved roads. The only trucks we saw, I think, were contractor vehicles. Right. Everyone else is just in a golf cart or on a bike. And so That's it right. is very, very quiet. Great sanctuaries out there. Cool beaches that we couldn't reach but heard about them uh, because of the, the sand roads. Mm. Um, artist communities, really just a super vibe. Cool, 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 super funky place. Not overbuilt. You know, lots of good history. Um, so the scenario is you miss the last ferry back to the mainland. <laughs> As we heard, unless you find an Airbnb, you're probably just going to sleep on a, on a, uh, on a picnic bench, which isn't too bad. I'm calling <laughs> Tony to sleep in the rook house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, so so here's the thing about uh, <laughs> sleeping anywhere except an Airbnb or maybe a cottage up at Freeport or giving me a call and I sent you up with a sleeping bag in the distillery. It, <laughs> There are uh, lots of snakes on the island, and not all good ones. Ooh. And you run the risk of a, a cotton mouth or a water moccasin. Uh, the gnats will eat you alive. Uh, <laughs> you, you might, if you if you lay still too long, uh, you might have a couple buzzards or two picking at you. And so <laughs> I, I think it's not a good plan to just all right <laughs> uh, to sleep. Sounds so good. there are options, and, and what I always tell people: there's nobody more helpful. Uh, than someone who lives under Fusky. All right. Uh, Love it. If you're in a golf cart and you've got a map and you're holding it up in front of you, all you have to do is kind of turn it like this a couple times, and we're going to realize you're lost. <laughs> and so we'll it's stop and help them the All you have to do is wave somebody down and say, hey, I missed the boat. What do I do? And they're going to give you one of three options. They're going to say, I got an extra bedroom. Uh, or go up to Freeport. They've got rooms at their little cottages. Uh, or call Tony at the distillery, and for seventy-five dollars, he'll give you a sleeping bag and all you can drink. <laughs> I like that plan. That's that the best best youth hostel say. possible. <laughs> all right. So someone misses the uh, the ferry. They're in their golf cart or the bike. They've turned the map three or four times. They show up on your on your front steps of the distillery as you're closing. And like I'm here for the night. You pour them a glass. And you, and you tell them a little bit about the island. Which one are you pouring to get them through the evening? All right. So in fairness, out of, out of the three. Is, oh, just out of the three. Yeah, out of three. I'm going to ask a couple questions. You can. Find out what makes them happy and what doesn't because I want to make sure that I, I satisfy them. But if I'm only pouring one of those three and it's the last cocktail they're going to get of the day because everything's closing and they're stuck on the island i'm going straight to the single barrel cash strength <laughs> yeah. the because they've got a long night ahead of them <laughs> that's a good call that is a good recommendation kurtron which one are you going with oh shit all right. You can come back to you if you want. No, 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 no. It's okay. Did you it's over already? I mean, you were laid back in the seat, and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what, Tony? I'm a short guy, so I don't fit in any furniture. <laughs> so if I lean back, I like it's like I'm laying down all the time. So, um, Well, are we, is this also who, or is it? I'm going to ask a few questions, too, because it's what it. you guys do to me. That's what, so, Curry, that's what Curry like to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm stuck on the island. Yep. Am I stuck on the island with somebody? or am Everybody's I just, left you, Kurt. Yeah, typical. You were, yeah, you're all alone. It's your night alone. It's my worst super, nightmare. Super quiet night. No one to bother you. You can get, get up to pee as many times as you want. And there's gators. And yeah, gators, would, snakes, <laughs> buzzards, I, I would mats. call that an ill-spent hall pass if you're on the island. <laughs> <laughs> So just you. Yeah. Liz had the has the has the wherewithal. She's like, she I was probably caught the, the ferry. I'm on the ferry. I'm back on Hilton. Yeah, she's like, screw him. <laughs> um, I'm gonna probably go with the same because I'm guessing I'm gonna need to stay warm that night. So whatever I can get in me, I'm putting in me. So. And if it's just one, and I'm just gonna pour one drink, I'm gonna do the single barrel cast drink. But if I can send you away. With a whole bottle and, and use that to kind of nurture what through the night, it would be the three year. Mm -hmm. I yeah. like that thought. There's no such thing as one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like so many iterations on this. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, okay, if I get my wife with me who's new to bourbon, I'm going with the 80 because I need her to enjoy the drinks as well. And that'll be my way of staying warm. If I'm by myself, I'm hitting the 117. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the play, though, would be I'm going to shoot in the middle. 
I really like the flavor profile of the 90, 92. I'm going to stay on that for a while because I can have a few of those. The headache won't be quite as bad, but it's a good, good, good flavor. So I'm going to go, I'm going to shoot the middle with a 92. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Gotcha. I, I think I'm in the same space. I want them to come back, but I also want them to not miss the first ferry. Get, get the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of, uh, get the, the Defusky out, out of here. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, we try hard to make sure people don't miss the ferry because they don't know, you know, there's, there's a, an adage on the island that basically says, uh, come, spend money, leave footprints, and go home. Please go home. So we want to make sure people get on that boat and make it up. I love it. I love it. This has been awesome. Tony, we can't thank you enough for your time. Thank yeah. you for the bourbon. Thank you, Tony. This was Absolutely. such a such a but treat. If you've got a glass, raise it. We're going to toast to you right now, brother. That's right. Cheers. As we say to everyone, thanks, gentlemen, for a great night. Thanks, Tony, for all your hospitality yep. and your stories. Bourbon Bur- on. Bourbon on. We'll see you Cheers, soon. Guys. We'll see you soon, brother. Thanks, Tony. Cheers. We'll definitely be at a Defusky. <laughs> all right. Thank you. This is great. Thanks again, Tony. Absolutely. Much Bye, love. Guys. Much luck.